0: You're listening to the P-Town Church Podcast. To learn more about our in-person services or additional sermon content like this, visit palcc.org. That's P-A-L-C-C dot O-R-G. Today we want to finish this section on stability as we talk about soul stability Now remember, we are studying a deep dive into Hebrews, and we're in Hebrews chapter 6 today. We've talked about the different aspects of stability. uh, Grad Sunday, we talked about spin-stability. We don't want to waste the stability that God has blessed us with, and sometimes we do. And here we end up the month talking about soul stability, because... His stability for us ministers not just to our flesh, but to every aspect of us and deep into our souls. So it really lasts forever. And that's why today we're talking about the infinite, significant stability God grants to our souls. Now pose a question to you, if it doesn't take you, bring you stability into eternity or forever, is it really stability at all? A lot of us find comfort in the condition of our culture, which makes us comfortable. But does comfort equal stability? Well, obviously not, because there are very, a lot of people who are comfortable in our country, in our world, and yet they are very unstable in their souls, in their spirits, in their minds, in their flesh. That's why it's important for us to figure out how God ministers to our soul, gives us stability, not only in this world, but in the world to come. This is really a subject matter that we think about a lot, even though we don't frame it in religious ways. Oftentimes we frame it in our imagination in certain ways. There are screenwriters and comic book writers and authors that seize upon this desire that we have to have more of an eternal type of stability in our life, and then they create worlds in which to illustrate how that all works. You all are familiar with the movie Avengers, The Infinity War, aren't you? Thank you, Matt. came out just a few years ago. It explores the prospect of what happens when the villain, and his name was Thanos, Thanos. What happens when he prevails? And then the movie ends. He prevails, movie ends. A lot of people disappear into dust, movie ends. Ant-Man and some of his people, they go to dust, movie ends. Captain America, some of the others, they go to dust. Or maybe he doesn't, I don't know who all goes to dust, but what was it, a third or a half of them in the universe, they all just go to dust. Evil prevailed, right? Right? We could handle that if that's how they stop the story, right? They were just setting us up for another one. Like for my generation, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. When Han is frozen in Carmonite, carbonite, oh no, it's over. Luke has lost his hand. He can't. He lost it fighting against his father after he discovered that his father was Darth Vader, and then he swears he would never follow his father to the dark side. Drops down into that hole and ends up in the millennial falcon. But it just seemed like there was no hope. The story was over. The villain had won. Evil had prevailed. But then there was the next movie. And we know that when the Jedi returns, he saves the day as the superhero And in The Last Avengers. I can't even remember what the name of it is. The Final Solution or whatever it was called. They save all those people, they reverse time somehow, and they bring everybody back, and evil does not prevail. Why? Because our psyches can't handle it if evil prevails. There's just something about us that will not allow evil to prevail or win. That's why every superhero genre feeds off two immutable factors. First of all, that we should always have hope no matter how impermeable our enemy or undefeatable our enemy might seem we should never lose hope in ourselves or in one another who are battling against evil never give up hope and the other is and is that we should always have faith in our heroes those who are standing in the gap those who are standing up to fight no matter how imperfect they may seem to be or limited they may be in their powers never lose faith in your hero because they will gather with the other heroes, they will stand up against this impermeable evil and they will defeat them. Why? Because in every story, evil cannot prevail. World wars have been fought and universal wars imagined. Because we cannot believe that evil can prevail. That's why our deep dive into Hebrews 6 illustrates for us something very important. And that is God is waging His own infinity war, if you want to call it that. Because He has sworn to us personally by oath that He will maintain stability in our world and universe so that we can always have hope even in the face of of impermeable defeat and that we have a hero who will save us from our true evil enemies and he will be able to do it on his own but he calls us to stand with him in the fight. Since God has sworn on an oath, he has made his unchanging purpose clear that he will never lie to us so that we can be greatly encouraged when we need hope. And He gives us this hope, as we'll learn today, as an anchor to our souls, which is firm and secure. And this hope and promise flows from the very presence of God and it provides us with infinite stability, both in this world and the promise of the world to come. If you've got your Bibles, look at Hebrews chapter 6. We'll be looking at verse 17 through 20 today, but let's look at verse 17 to 18 to begin with. It says there, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of His purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, He confirmed it with an oath. Well, what did He want to make clear? What's the unchanging nature? God wins. God always prevails. He's the victor. He's the Lord of lords. He's King of kings. He makes that very clear in His purpose to us, His heirs. Remember what we talked about last week. We're children of Abraham. We're heirs of what has been promised. He confirmed it with an oath. He swore by His own name. God did so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hopes set before us may be greatly encouraged. Why is this important to know that God does not lie? Because there are a lot of people who are trying to tell you God is lying that God does not have the power, that He is not the ultimate, superior source of the universe. They might describe Him as a lot of different things, but we know what the Bible says, and if it's not what the Bible says, God's Word says, then we're saying that God's a liar, but God does not lie, but we do all the time. And we who have fled from our enemies, we can take hold of hope, that's been set before us, and we can be greatly encouraged that because God wins, so shall we. God has sworn this to you on an oath. We're greatly encouraged by the consolation of God. This word, encourage, can also carry that idea of uh, God bringing consolation to us. The hope we have of God's immutable promise is that we have a priest whose purpose is to provide soul stability for us. So let's de- dive deeply into this, these two unchangeable, significant soul stability factors which take us to infinity and beyond, as another cartoon superhero might say. Let's talk about the unchangeable, immutable promise God has made. Hebrews uh, 6.19 says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. It enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where a forerunner Jesus, Jesus has entered on our behalf. We have this hope. What's the hope? It's the hope that God has given us. We're greatly encouraged in. God will not lie. He has sworn to us on oath. It is a hope that gives us the promise that God is always with us. We are his children. We've talked about that all month long here with this idea of stability. We have this hope. It's an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Why do we need that? Because as... Ephesians describes we're often tossed here and there, we're pushed about by sin, temptation, and trial, and we need something that holds us firm and secure to the idea that God is always going to take care of us. This hope that comes through Jesus has its access through the inner sanctuary, which is behind the curtain, that's where the priest goes, the high priest goes to offer the sacrifices We'll learn more about that in the weeks to come. Jesus entered on our behalf. Why? So that we could be and live in the presence of God as well every day. You don't have to go to a special tent. You don't have to come to this building. You don't have to go to some special place uh, in the world. You can go into a quiet place in your inner room, and you can stand before the very presence of God because Jesus Christ has given us that hope. We always have hope as long as we follow God's clear purpose and confirm promise. And we need it because our enemies are real. Again, remember, comfort doesn't equal stability. A lot of people, all they want to feel is comfort today. And if they don't feel comfortable, they'll yak at the people who are in charge of making them feel comfortable so that, they can be made to feel comfortable. If you lose your electricity in the summer and it's getting hot in your house, you're gonna call someone and say, hey, I need electricity because it's hot in my house. So cover doesn't equal stability, but we think that it does. God's clear purpose for us is confirmed in His promise, and that is that our enemies are real, so we need Him to provide for us this soul stability so that we can be firm and secure in our battle. What's the battle against? The battle's against the devil, against sin, and against all those who are minions of Satan, even those uh, unintentional in our world, who are seeking to try to draw us into sin through temptation, through trial, through tribulation, We can stand firm because we have fled from that fear, from that life. We know God is real, and He can oversee us. He gives us stability when there's instability around us. Who's your impermeable enemy right now? What enemy of yours is just owning you, making you live in fear and frustration and failure? Who seems to have so much power that you don't think that you can defeat them? For those who received this word the first time, the audience of Hebrew, the Hebrew writer, the first century Christians, this probably took place before the fall of Jerusalem, before AD 70, so Rome was the impermeable force. They forced the Jews and the Christians to live according to their law, the way that they wanted to. They taxed them. They abused them. They enslaved them. By this point, everyone that was receiving this word would have lived under Roman rule all of their lives because Roman rule took um, place about 100 years before this point historically. Historically. And Rome would become the persecutor of Christianity for the next 200 years after that. So for about 300 years, historically, Jews and Christians and Jewish Christians would be under the thumb of Rome. This impermeable enemy, how could they be defeated? Well, God found a way. They fell from within. They fell from without. There was really no true power. They just had force and brute force at that. And within 300 years or within about 350 years or 250 years after this time, Christianity had become the religion of Rome, the official religion of Rome through Constantinople. So the stability the author was consoling them with was for their There and for our souls as we read about what they did and how we can follow their examples. And as we let discussed last week for families, communities, countries, kingdoms, how that all comes about. And God just simply is saying to us, You might look at the condition of the world around you and you might lose hope. You might think there's some kind of impermeable power that you can't come historically or even personally in your life. Some bad habit or some failure or frustration that you're dealing with in your life. And the message here is simple. Do not lose hope because God prevails and he never lies. And he has sworn to you on oath that he's going to provide stability to you both now and for all eternity. That's how we know it's good. it because it's just not for now, and then we lose it when we die. It is for now and for after we die. We, it excels even exponentially for us in heaven. That's why Hebrews 10.23 encourages us, let us hold unswervingly the hope we profess, for he who promised is Faithful. The world can promise you a lot of different things. It's promising our young people a lot of things. And we're going to dig into that more next week when we switch gears here and we talk about the sanctity of what God does for us. But today, for the younger generations, they seem to find their superior hope someplace else. They think it comes from technology because in their lifetime they've been told from the time they were little babies that technology can fix everything in their life. That technology will fix it all. If they don't have friends, technology will fix it. If they don't have a relationship, swipe, and technology will fix it. You are sick, click on WebMD and you'll find out what to do to fix it we've been teaching our young people and they've been accepting this, living in this world. Now, I'm still of that cynical generation that doesn't believe everything that I see on screen or on the screens. But there is this belief that hope comes through technology that nothing cannot be fixed by man's technological savvy. But study after study is now showing that technology can't heal the heart. technology really can't heal a relationship or help us when we're frustrated. It can add to it. It can add to all the frustrations that we fears that we have, the comparisons that we make in life, but it cannot fix them. Our superior hope always has to be in Jesus. He is our anchor, firm and secure, that allows us to go right into the presence of God wherever we might be, We can get on our knees, we can sit on our backsides, we can lay down on the floor prostrate before God. We can just sit in a chair and we can be in the very presence of God because Jesus allows us to go there through him. And we can talk to God about what's going on with our life. And he is always there. He's there to heal us and help us no matter what it is that we're going through. He is our superior hope. That's why we need to hold unswervingly to that hope for He who promised is faithful. He he has not lied. He will not let you down. You're the ones that if you give up on that hope, disappoint yourself in that. So we have this unchangeable promise, which is hope from God. It's clear. It's defined. It's an anchor for our souls. But He has also given us a priest, which is our true superhero. Verse 20 goes on to say, He, Jesus, has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We've always... um, uh, Excuse me. Um, Jesus is the high priest in order for Melchizedek. All through the month of July, we're going to be digging into this relationship, especially next week we'll talk about this relationship and who Melchizedek is and why Jesus being in the order of Melchizedek makes a difference. But for our purposes today, it's important for us to understand that Jesus has become a high priest forever. That means His duty never stops. And what is was His duty for us? His duty was to take away our sins, to become our mediator between God and us in our imperfection. The fact that He has done that in the order of Melchizedek does not, means that He is not identified with those priests who were priests of Judaism or in the line of Aaron, but the Jesus became God's priest, a forever priest. So we always have a real hero, Jesus, who is our high priest, as long as Jesus is serving as priest before God. And when he's serving, his kingdom is alive and reigning. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world today. Jesus is still reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords. He already overcame Satan at the cross. He defeated death so that we can overcome as well. We can defeat that death in our lives. It may seem that Satan's winning. It may seem that sin is having its way. It may seem that there might be some imperial evil force that's overcoming, but God will not allow that. We need this immutable priest because many seeking power will pretend to be our saviors in this world. Politicians. Um, people on the internet do it every day. They're going to save you. I guess the question we need to deal with is who has substituted themselves for Jesus in your life as hero, savior. Savior. And they're doing it through some form of legalism or liberalism, where legalism is they give you a lot of extra laws you gotta follow, a lot of rules. You gotta follow these rules every day in your life. And if you don't follow them, then they're gonna bring the hammer down on you. The liberalism side of it is um, no rules, just do whatever you feel like doing, just be yourself, you know, just whatever you grow, what, whatever you think you are when you wake up that day, just live it to the best that you can possibly live. For the first century Christians before the fall of Rome, the legalism of Judaism and the liberalism of Gnosticism had been introduced by false priests for the Christians to follow. So in a real sense, they were having to deal with the same kinds of things where through Judaism, they were going to have a lot of extra rules that they had to follow if they're going to be a Christian and a Jew at the same time. And the liberalism of Gnosticism, which says you can't contain the body or the flesh uh, that you are, can, it is, it is sinful. It's going to do what it's going to do. So just ride that train till, yeah, you, it, it, as long as you can, and then uh, there'll be a whole different thing that you do when it comes to your relationship with God. But your flesh is bad. It's evil. It's sinful. Just let, just do what it wants you to do. And we see those same kind of comparisons in the world today, between the legalists and the liberals. Since the time of the first century, what we call pharisaicalism, which is people just adding to your life one law after another, one rule after another. If you don't follow these rules that I've given to you, that these these Pharisees give to you, then you are not living your life and you are in danger of being rejected. Contrast that with the progressivism of the world, which says it's not about rules. It's about, although there are rules in progressivism, it's about you just living the way you want to live. All of this has tainted the purity for Christians who want to follow Jesus Christ. It did in the first century, and they try to do that now. Oftentimes we see this in the church through denominationalism. I'm not saying that all denominations are are bad, but the idea of denominationalism is to add to the Word of God other rules so that it makes your denomination unique and, and separate versus the deconstructionism of today, where you have some churches you'll say, listen, we'll just break this all down real simple, and what it's leading to is allowing for immorality and sin to exist in the nature of of being both a Christian, being a good Christian, acceptable Christian, all those different kinds of things. That you don't have to fight against sin, because sin is just what it is. It's going to overcome you. You don't you can't defeat it, so don't worry about it. You got those two ends there. All of this is taking its toll on people who are trying to follow Jesus in our world today. So the stability the author was encouraging them with was for their and our souls to look to only one true priest to save us. That's why Jesus says there's no mediator between man and God except for me. Don't look to me to mediate for you. I can tell you that through Christ Jesus as your mediator, you can talk to God anytime you want. You don't need me. i will be glad to sit with you, pray with you, talk with you, minister to you, encourage you in that. But you can sit before God. That's the hope that Jesus has given to us by taking us right into, behind the curtain, into the presence of God. Hebrews 7, verse 23 through 26 teaches us how this is amplified. It says, now there have been many of those priests, that's the priests of Aaron's line, since death prevented them from continuing in office. But Jesus lives forever. He has become a permanent priest, or He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, listen what He does for us. He's able to save completely those who come to God through Him. Save completely those who come to God through Him. And such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, and pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. We'll dig into this next month in Hebrews 7. But did you hear that? Jesus, as your permanent high priest, saves you completely because he intercedes, always interceding for you. He's the only one that can truly meet our need because he is without gall. He is holy, blameless, pure. He's sinless. He's exalted above the heavens. God has given him, a, you know, the, has lifted him up. So we look to Jesus as our holy high priest who is the one who helps us. So many young people today, they still look to technology to find their heroes. They find them in TikToks or Instas or whatever the newest application kids use to hide things from their parents might be. They'll find people who can teach them how to put on their makeup, what clothes to wear, how they should talk, what the music they should listen to, what movies they should see, what television shows they should like, who they should date, who might like them, who might hate them. They look to hero, they look to technology to give them the answers to be their intercessor. And there's some buffer that's created when they're doing it through technology because you have your Laptops, your phones, your whatever. People cannot reach through those and hurt you physically. But still, young people are being hurt daily through their experiences there. What they really need is a superhero like Jesus who lives forever. He saves us completely. He always intercedes for us. You got a problem? Well, talk to God about it. This is the hope that we have as believers is we can go in before the, the creator of the universe and set with him and the lord, king of kings and lord of lords Jesus as our high priest and king. And we can talk with him about whatever it is that's going on in our life and he, swors, he swears on oath that he will give us answers and stability Because we're part of the infinity war that has been waging since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And God has fought to provide hope and heroes to his children so that they will never give up. And we see examples of that from Genesis all the way through Scripture. But Satan too has had his own version of hope and heroes that he's used to take as prisoners as many of our children as possible. He's been doing it since Genesis and he still does it today. This infinity war rages on today as Satan imprisons as many of this young generation, the Gen Zs and soon Gen Alphas as possible. He's doing that by separating them from any church experience, any biblical teaching any opportunities for prayer. He's usurping the responsibility of parents and grandparents by using technology to entice young people into hopelessness and harassment, all the while their parents and grandparents pay for the privilege of that. And we can only stop the devil by constantly teaching and training our young people about the immutable promise of God and that they have an immutable priest, a superhero who can save them. Back in our CIY days, again, we had a song that 150 sang, Jesus is my superhero. So we dated ourselves, ask Lydia today. Has she ever heard of the song? No, she had never heard of it. So some of you might remember it through Vacation Bible School or one of these other venues. We sang it here at church every once in a while. Jesus is my superhero. He swoops down and he rescues me. He takes this big fat zero, turns my life around, puts my feet on the solid ground, and I praise his name forever. I can't even remember my grandkids' names, but I can remember that. It was interesting because um, there's, in this world, there's always superheroes that we look to. And in our imagination and in our entertainment and those areas where we look to answers, we, we figure things out, we, we watch how others might imagine how superheroes would interact with us. Well, we know how our superhero interacts with us, Jesus. He is the one who gives us superior hope no matter what's going on in the world around us. And He is the one who is the superior priest for us. He intercedes between ourselves and God, who is the one who controls everything that goes on in the universe. And He has given us this special superpower to enter into the very presence of the creator of the universe. And Jesus has the priest... High priest and king, we can enter right into their presence. And we can find help in our time of need. We find grace, which helps us deal with our imperfections and our sin. And we find mercy, which deals with that whole aspect of why we need help. God gives us his mercy and grace. Jesus is my superhero. Anytime we see anything else that talks about heroes, you just need to remember that Jesus really is the only true superhero because only He can give us stability of soul, which lasts now and through into eternity. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your teaching today from Hebrews chapter 6. Thank you for swearing to us on oath by your own name that we have hope, the promise of hope, firm and secure, so that when we're facing the impermeable enemies of our day, or those undefeatable enemies in our own personal life, We can always have hope that you're going to help us overcome and in the process of overcoming you're going to keep us safe in your presence you're not rejecting us you're not pushing us away you're not sending us off until we become perfect and then we can be in your presence through your grace and mercy we have this hope firm and secure where we can enter through Christ's blood into that holy place and stand right in your presence where there's power possibility. Lord, whatever it is that we're battling against today, give us strength to overcome. Bring us that sense of stability and peace in our life right now that will carry on into eternity. Give us that soul stability. And help us to always remember that Jesus can save us completely. Whatever it is we're dealing with, Jesus will get us through it because he's always interceding for us. He's always there with us and he's always there for us. We don't battle this battle alone. And We may not always see what he's doing, but you have sworn on oath this promise that he is helping us. This priest, this forever priest who's saving us through it all, help us just to hold firmly to that faith. Help us to be strong in trusting Him. We pray this today in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior that all God's people say.